Hello and welcome back. My name is Rick and this is the Voice of Jesus Ministries and we are doing an ongoing series called The Promise from Jesus. And this series is about the greatest gift that Jesus brought to planet Earth and that is the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. It is the most important, the single most dynamic and every one of us that are his children, we should have that in us. And that's what this, this series is about. And so, as I do at the beginning of uh, the videos, I always point to this, the promise from Jesus at gmail.com. And that's for you to send in any kind of a, of a question, a thought, a concern, a prayer request, something you may not want to put on the comment section of YouTube. And... Uh, that's for you. That's just a way to get in touch. And so uh, if you are new to the channel, welcome. If you're a return visitor, thank you. And I hope you're really getting something out of this. And uh, we left off in, uh, at the end of chapter 8, the last time uh, we were together in our video. Now we're going to continue in chapter 9, and this chapter is uh, one of my favorites. I guess I say that at the beginning of every chapter. They're all my favorite. I just love the teachings of Jesus. Can you tell? So let's get started. Chapter 9. Now a man, known to be blind from birth, was led in. And his disciples asked him, saying, My master, who sinned? this person or his parents, that he should be born blind? What an interesting question. You know, uh, I wonder if the reason they asked that question back then was because there was some sort of a teaching going around that if you were crippled or if you were blind or if you couldn't hear or you couldn't see, that it meant that someone had sinned. Because why would they ask this question to Jesus? And it's really interesting that they referred to him as my master. And that's what they called their teachers back in that, during that time. And uh, Jesus replied, he said, Neither this person nor his parents sinned, but that the manifestation of God should be revealed in him. Wow, now there's something to really think about. He says, look, nobody sinned here. And he's not blind as a result of somebody's sin. Because that, that just, come on, you know. He says that the, the reason, he says, but that the manifestation of God should be revealed in him. That's pretty interesting. That's really interesting that Jesus would say that, that the manifestation of God. So, was Jesus saying that this man was born blind for this moment so that God could manifest himself in this man because we know what's about to happen. Jesus continues and says this, I must accomplish the deeds of him, capital H, that sent me while it is day. The darkness comes when no one will be able to accomplish as long as I am on the earth, I am the light of the earth. So, verse 4 just comes out of nowhere. 
This is the, the uniqueness of Jesus' teachings. You know, I mean, he he tells his disciples that, you know, the parents, nobody sinned, that he was born blind. But this came about so that the manifestation of God could be revealed through this man. Then he turns and he says this in, in verse 4. He says, I must accomplish the deeds of him that sent me while it is day. The darkness comes when no one will be able to accomplish. What does that mean to you? What do you think Jesus was saying when he said, the darkness comes so that no one will be able to accomplish? What does that mean? What do you think that means? I, I want to give you a chance to answer a question here. So write in and let me know what your thoughts are. When Jesus said this, the darkness comes when no one will be able to accomplish. And right after that, he said, as long as I am on the earth, I am the light of the earth. Going on now, it says this in verse 6. Thus said, he spit on the ground, making clay with his saliva. Then he spread the clay on the eyes of the, the one blind. Then told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. In parentheses, ordering this one to go and to an appointed place to explain. Now, this is, this is, again, very interesting. You know, Jesus, he, he spits on the ground. He picks that up in, in a handful of, of dirt, and, and it refers to it as, a, as clay. And, and he mixes up uh, a muddy, a mud, you know, and he puts this on the man's eyes. So, wow, people standing around are thinking, what is he doing? But the, the, the greatest manifestation here is not that this man's eyes are going to be uh, renewed and he's going to be able to see very soon. We know that, that that's the outcome. But he sends him, he sends him, he tells him, go, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, what was the pool of Siloam? I'm going to tell you, this is really interesting. The Pharisees used to use this pool, which was a very clean and clear watered pool, where they would have their people come in and they would do or perform a ceremony of washing. And this ceremony of washing was their way of cleansing people from their sins. Now, they performed this ceremony in all over uh, in different places. I mean, uh, we know that when Jesus in uh, chapter uh, 2, I believe it is, went to the wedding, that it says outside the wedding there were six uh, water jars and they were full of water and they were used for the ceremony of purification. But during this time they had this pool and they were they were performing this washing ceremony on, on people that was a way of cleansing them from their sins. Now we'll tie that together with John the Baptist being in the Jordan in a place that was extremely dirty and muddy. And he was doing the same thing as what the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing up in their temples in their very clean little pool areas. What 
some believe have become known as the baptisms of what we call baptism today. And so what's interesting, Jesus says to this man, now with mud upon his eyes, go to the pool of Siloam. And he says he, that the reason he sent him there, it was specifically an appointed place for what? To explain. And this, the, this next to the story is a narrative part. All right. The rest, as we go on in the chapter, it's going to be a narrative section. But when you tie this together, do you know why the Pharisees had this pool of Siloam? They had it because it was a it was it was their method of separating out people during that time. You know, you didn't just get to go to the pool of Siloam. You didn't, okay? You had to be in a certain status, a certain, uh, you had to be in a certain place. Uh, boy, I, I'm, I'm reserved in what I'm wanting to say here, uh, in a, of wealth, okay? There, I said it. Oh, okay. So, in other words, you know, you kind of had to pay your way through this. And if you didn't have a means you never really got into the pool of Siloam, okay? Now, I don't know if they had one or two days a year that they allowed everyone to pass through. I doubt it very much. But, uh, you know, they, they were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. That's the reason for Jesus coming, okay? And so, this man goes to this pool. And, you know, I'm sure that the entire path was cleared for him right into it because, because it says here, then he departed and washed and came forth having sight. Now, I'm sure it wasn't easy just to get in to the pool of Siloam. I mean, there, there had to have been, you know, but there was a path cleared for him and he went right into it. And then think about this. He goes into this pool this man was born blind from birth. He was thought to be a sinner or someone in his family had sinned because that's why he was blind. He had mud on his face. Now he was going to put this mud into this water. And you can imagine what that was like when he took the water of this clear, clean pool where they were marketing cleansing services and he washed his face and it dirtied the water. Oh my goodness, I, I would have loved to have been there just to, just to observe the whole thing, you know. Then the spectators and the neighbors of him said, is this the one formally sitting and begging because he was blind? Others said that it is this person, yet others that he is similar. But he said, I am him. Then they inquired of him, how is it that your eyes opened. And he answered and said, a man named Jesus made clay and smeared it on my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam and wash. I went and washed and received sight. Then they asked him, where is this person? He said, I do not know. They led him, the one once blind, to the Pharisees. Now it was the seventh day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. 
Therefore, again, the Pharisees also asked him, How did you receive sight? Then he said to to them, Clay was put on my eyes. Then I washed and received sight. Then some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he kept not the seventh day. Others said, How can a man, a sinner, do miracles like this? And so dissension was among them. Then said the blind one, Because your eyes are now opened again, what do you say about him? They said to the blind one, Because your eyes are now open, what do you say about him? For this reason, he said, He is a prophet. Therefore the Judeans did not believe the circumstances of him, that he was blind and received his sight, until they called his, the parents of him to receive, who had received sight. Then they questioned him, saying, Is this the son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And the parents responded and said to him, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, and now he sees. How or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is mature. Question him. He himself would declare an account. The parents said these things because they feared the Judeans. I mean, did you get that? They feared the Judeans. For the Judeans already agreed that if anyone confessed him the Messiah, see, they would be expelled from the gathering place. Now, can you only imagine, Father knew this long before Jesus showed up on planet Earth, that if anyone confessed him to be the Messiah, they would be expelled from the gathering place or from their what they were called their churches. Because of this, his parents said, he is mature, question him. Then they called out to the man who was blind a second time, saying to him, give God honor. We know that this man, capital M, they're referring to Jesus, is a sinner. Then he responded and said, I do not know if he is a sinner. One thing I know that I was blind, now I see. Powerful, powerful. You know, I mean, here's a man that sat begging on the corner, born blind. Jesus applied some clay to his eyes, sent him to the pool for this explanation of what they're talking about. This was all meant to be. You know, this isn't just some narrative in between, you know, the things that Jesus talks about. This is something that's really important. It shows you the character of the Pharisees. It shows you the character of the Sadducees. Shows you the character of the parents and the threats that they made. I mean, they said if anyone confessed him the Messiah, they would be expelled. I mean, it was hard enough that those that, you know, couldn't afford their way through the ceremonies that they could just even be qualified to be part of the gathering. And then this man, he responds, and this is in verse 25. He said, then he responded and said, I do not know if he is a sinner. One thing I know 
that I was blind, now I see. They said to him again, Who did this to you, and how were your eyes opened? And he answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. This was typical of them, wasn't it? We know in chapter 8, Jesus said this to them many times. He said, you can't hear. You can't understand. You won't understand. You didn't even hear Moses. And he answered them again, verse 27, I told you already and you do not listen. Why do you wish to hear it again? Perhaps you also desire to become his disciples. Oh, can you imagine? Verse 28, it says this, Then they reviled him and said, You are a disciple of that person, but we, we are Moses' disciples. We know that Moses proclaimed God, but this one, we do not know where he is from. The man responded and said to them, For it is strange in that you do not know where he is from, and yet by this person my eyes are open. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone reverences God and does his will, this person would be heard throughout time it has not has not been it has not been heard that anyone opened the eyes of one born that was verse 32 and let me read it again throughout time it has not been heard that anyone opened the eyes of one born blind unless he be from god this person can do nothing now, can you imagine the boldness that had come upon this man to even say these things? I mean, now he, he's not only able to see, but he has been empowered. He has been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Because God's manifestation is working through him. This is one of those times, be anxious not for what you'll say. Don't worry. For God himself will move through you. That's, that's part of the promise in our lives. And here is a manifestation of it. And this man is, is, is speaking. This is actually the Holy Spirit speaking through this man to these uh, Pharisees and these Sadducees and these scribes and all these rulers. Because he says to him, unless he be from God, this person can do nothing. And then they responded and said to him, you were completely born in sin. And do you teach us? Boy, wouldn't you have, I mean, you just know that that was coming, right? That's, that was just like, you know, come on, seriously. Then they drove him outside. And I'm sure it, with him, his parents and anyone that was with him. Jesus heard that they drove him outside. And so finding him, asked him, do you believe in the Son of God. Then he answered, saying, Who is the Lord, that I may believe in him? Then Jesus said to him, Look at him. He is the one who now talks with you. Now, this is very cool, because the man was blind. You see? So Jesus, he says to him, Look at him. So, you know, I mean, this man, after being born blind and being blind all of his life, he's for the first time seeing before him 
Jesus, the Son of God. He is seeing God in the, in the presence right there. Wow. And, and Jesus doesn't say, look at him. He is the one whom is uh, uh, that you are now seeing because I allowed you to see now or I made your eyes whole. No, he says, look at him. He is the one who now talks with you. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Then he declared, I believe, Lord and prostrated before him. There's a lesson in and of itself. Remember in chapter 4, how that's what God is seeking from us? And this man naturally, without knowing, without any teaching, without anything, just prostrated before Jesus. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because of the promise. It's because of that indwelling. That It was because of the manifestation of God in his life. Now Jesus said, I have come to the earth in order to execute justice that the person not seeing may see and those who became blind may see. There is a entire earthful of teaching right there in that one verse, verse 39. Now Jesus said, I have come to the earth in order to execute justice. To execute justice. You know, fair, right, things that are morally correct, things that are chaste, things that are just absolutely pure, without human conflicts or conditions or 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 uh, condemnation he came to this to earth in order to execute justice that a person not seeing okay may see and we're not talking about being blind we're talking about spiritually blind you know how we referred to the spiritually dead? That the spiritually dead would awaken and their eyes would be opened to the things of God through the promise. And those who became blind, this is really important. You see how there's just, just layers of, of incredible teaching. Jesus said, and those who became blind that they may see. You know that you can become blind in this world that we live in today. You can get connected with the wrong kind of a, of a gathering, the wrong kind of a teaching, the wrong kind of, of information about our Father, and you can become blind. It's very true. And don't think that it isn't, because it is. And we do it for a variety of reasons, you know, for social, for interactions, for family, for all business. I mean, there's just a gazillion reasons why we involve ourselves in things that we really shouldn't when we don't really need to. I mean, our gathering of the believers is a gathering of those that are the children of God, filled with the promise, the Holy Spirit, gathering together. That's the unity that is being united in our Father. 
But you know, we don't have that luxury on planet Earth. We don't have that. <coughs> what we have is we have a variety of, of fellowships and gatherings that all have a particular way. And most of them are, are basically made after the commandments and doctrines of men. And these things can cause a person to become blind, blind to the truth, blind to the most important things that Jesus brought, like this, the promise of the Holy Spirit, that the manifestation of God would exist within you, that the manifestation of God through the power of the Holy Spirit would work through you. This, verse 39, whatever Bible version you read, get into it explore it, dig into it. It is just full of wonder. It's amazing. Verse 40, continuing. Then the Pharisees heard these things from those among him and said to him, perhaps we are also blind. Oh my, okay? Because see, they went looking for him. They went looking for Jesus. And I dare say they were following behind this, this man that was blind and his eyes were made whole, behind him and his parents and those that were, followed him. I believe they were in that crowd going back because they wanted to see who did this. They already knew who did it. They knew it was Jesus. They've already encountered Jesus many times. And, and when they do finally get to where Jesus, where this man arrives and speaks to Jesus again and has just a wonderful conversation with him, they step up to him and they say to Jesus, then the Pharisees, right? They say to him, perhaps we are also blind. Because they heard the story. And Jesus asked, if you were blind, would you have no sin but now I tell you, take heed, seeing that the consequences of your sins remains. That is powerful. Once again, wow, we could take that, that verse, verse 41. It's the last verse in chapter 9. And Jesus just, wow, listen to it again. Jesus answers. Or Jesus, he didn't answer. He asked this question to them because they said, perhaps we are blind too. He says, if you were blind, would you have no sin? But now I tell you, take heed, seeing that the consequence of your sin remains. Blindness. The consequence of their sin remains arrogancy, self-righteousness, pride, a haughty heart, all the things that are a sinful nature in the eyes of our Father, and the consequences, the consequences of that is, yes, they remain. You are blind, and you don't know it. And the only one that can, can take that blindness away is Jesus. That's a fact. No one else can do it. Only Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit, can he take that blindness away so that you can see the truth. 
so that you can know the truth, so that you can know Jesus and that he can know you. That's powerful. So that was chapter 9. It was basically a narrative chapter. It's a story about a man who was born blind, but it is an amazing story. Please review it. Go back over it again and check it out. We just kind of woo. We whoosh through it, but that's only because it's a narrative chapter. But there is so much teaching in it, powerful teaching. And I hope you got something out of that today. And I'm glad that you joined us for this chapter. Next time we'll be we'll be starting in chapter 10. And, um, and you know, I'm going to say this. It's one of my favorite chapters because it really is. It always is. They all are. And uh, so I look forward to that you would join us next time. Share these with your friends and family, and also uh, if uh, do the YouTube thing for us, please. Uh, you know, do the likes and all that, whatever they do there. Thank you, YouTube, for letting us use your platform. And uh, if you have any questions or thoughts, send them to the Promise from Jesus at, at uh, gmail.com. I am so glad that you took time to look at this today. God bless you. Jesus loves you. And remember. Remember who you are. Don't compromise for anyone. For any reason. You are a child of the Almighty God. Live that truth. And until next time, Jesus loves you. Bye-bye.